conquering our demons. This is not really about conquering demons, but this is a statement that uh, the ancient writers gave to the conflict that we have between the flesh and the spirit, our fallen nature, and the wonderful blessing that God has given us. So uh, we uh, have taken the elements. This is from patience is one of the things that we're studying about. So the ancient writers, uh, when addressing the uh, works of the flesh and the uh, fruit of the spirit, this is how they address these lower elements of our nature. And much has been written about this. It's the, uh, it's the, uh, the wrestling uh, between the lower nature and the uh, uh, wonderful blessing that God has given when we're born again. So each of us uh, are involved in this. We, we, we have a new nature. Uh, we're partakers of the divine nature. But that doesn't mean that the old nature is dead. It simply means that we have dominion over or can gain of that. Uh, what is the old saying about the, uh, uh, the old uh, Indian was asked about this, and he said, well, uh, inside of us are two dogs. One of them is white, and one of them is black. So uh, they're fighting. So which one wins? He said, whichever one we say sick them to. So this is an illustration of the, uh, of the uh, conflict between the flesh uh, and the spirit. And so this is out of the image of Galatians 5, 19 through 21, and it's, it is uh, anciently uh, depicted uh, as the uh, enemy within. In other words, this is an old nature that uh, God has given us uh, salvation, has given us the ability to conquer or to overcome that and so while the uh, terminology is not really, uh, this study is about casting out demons, it is about gaining dominion over the old nature, and uh, we want to talk about that. The spirit is indeed willing, the apostles say, uh, but the flesh is weak. The flesh lusts against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh. These are all terms that explain that conflict. So... We want to uh, uh, give several scriptures this morning, Ephesians 4, 26 and 27. Somebody get that for me very quickly, and uh, Jacob want to get that, Ephesians 4, 26 and 27. I want Genesis 4, uh, 4 through 7. Somebody in this section right here, Steve, uh, will help me on that, and I want Genesis 4, 23 and 24. Brian, if you'll get that for me. So uh, we want to take a study this morning, Extinguishing Anger. And uh, of all the emotions that we have, probably anger uh, is the most common and most powerful uh, emotion that we deal with and that, uh, that is triggered. There are various names for anger. It's called fury, called wrath, called ire. It's called rage. It's called resentment and indignation. And one writer uh, terms anger the short madness, which is very interesting designation. The Bible then, uh, Ephesians 4, 26 and 27, gives us an arena uh, out of understanding because this is most common, uh, this is most common trigger that we have to deal with. Ephesians 4, 26 and 27, the Apostle Paul. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, 
Neither give place to the devil. Okay, this is one of the most uh, potent and common uh, emotions that has long-lasting repercussions uh, and it causes a great deal of difficulty. Mental uh, imbalance, uh, it's called a short madness. Uh, it begins to, if it's not conquered, then it begins to trigger out in broken relationships. It causes problems in churches. Uh, causes, uh, if it's not uh, dealt with, it causes uh, a, a disruption of our normal uh, emotional and physical and uh, mental uh, status. It can trigger disease and cause long-lasting problems. And so we want to deal with this this morning. Gives us a, a picture, and that picture is, as we're going to see, is that some circumstance in life triggers in us uh, some kind of emotion that's, uh, that's called anger, and uh, that then uh, begins to find a residence within us uh, in the scripture. Let's go back to the biblical history, and this centers, of course, the, the Genesis is the seed blood of the Bible. Any doctrine in scripture that must be understood will be spoken about in Genesis and will set the, will set the framework uh, for that. And this is the ancient conflict that uh, between Cain and Abel and Genesis 4, 4 through 7. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their baggage. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering. But he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your countenance falling? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies in the door, and its desire is for you, and you should rule over it. Okay, here's the picture. Cain brings an offering. He, uh, this is not the will of God. And as God rejects him, rebukes him for that, uh, then he becomes very angry. And as you know, this leads into further problems in his personality. And, and uh, this gives us an ancient statement that is, uh, that is profound and yet simple. And that is that anger can be controlled. So God says to him, you can control this. You do not have to have this rule over you. Uh, unless you do this, this is like an animal that is crouched at the door, ready to spring. And if you do not gain uh, mastery over that, then there are further consequences. And you know the stories, the murder of his brother Abel. Uh, and, uh, and, and so here's anger. So this is often connected with the seven other sins that we, uh, that we talk about, seven deadly sins. And so pride... Uh, and rejection uh, and our self-will and our egos involved. Most often, I often work with uh, pastors and leaders uh, dealing with the, the issues of our personality and one of the most uh, frequent things that we have to refer to is our ego. Each of us have what is known by those who deal with human personality as ego. This is our uh, self-image. And uh, this is most common in play, in place, uh, in the things that we do. If you study people, uh, why do people do what they do? Well, uh, much of what we do is involved with this, uh, this self-image that we're trying to project 
or we're trying to protect, or we're trying to excuse. And so th this is very common uh, in this. Genesis 4, 23 and 24. Then Lamech said to his wives, Ada and Zillah, hear my voice, wives of Lamech. Listen to my speech, for I have killed a man for wounding me, even a young man for hurting me. If Cain shall be avenged sevenfold, then Lamech seventy. Okay, here is ego uh, being challenged, played out, and uh, and, uh, and uh, we we won't go astray on that. But this is, is noted in the scripture. So I want numbers twenty, uh, ten through twelve. Somebody help me on that. Is Devon, Ephesians four twenty six and twenty seven again. I want that over here. Is Dennis? I want Ephesians four thirty one. Somebody help me with that. Is Jeremiah? I want Proverbs 29:22. Is uh, Twister, Jonah 4, 1 through 4. Is Pete Baker and Jonah 4, 9. Is Robert, James 1:20. Is uh, uh, Alan, uh, Proverbs 15:18. Is uh, what is your name? That's him. Okay. <laughs> and Leviticus 19:17. Somebody over here. Okay. Find those places. Uh, is Tom? So find those places. I call for this. So uh, anger is aroused when a real or an imagined wrong, insult, uh, or personal injury is experience. So uh, we have numbers of scriptures that bear this up. Numbers 20, 10 through 12. Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock and he said to them, Hear now you rebels, must we bring water for you out of this rock? And Moses lifted his hand and struck the rock twice with his rod. The water came out abundantly, the congregation and their animals drank. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not believe me, to hallow me in the eyes of the children of Israel. Therefore, you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I have given them. Okay, here's one of the great lessons of Scripture. Moses, who is pastoring the people of God, uh, God tells him how to meet the needs of the people, but he comes very angry with them, and, uh, and that's, that's noted when he says, Hear now, you rebels. He has a temper outburst, uh, strikes the rock in contradiction to uh, what God has commanded him to do. Because of that, uh, uh, he has a very severe rebuke uh, and doesn't get to go into the promised land. So that's one historical record that we need to observe. Ephesians 4, 26 and 27 again. Let's examine that just a little bit closer. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Okay, this word place, if you heard me uh, preach on, this is a Greek word, tropos. This has a territorial dimension. It gives the imagery of a landing spot. If a army is going to invade into a land, they first land and uh, they establish a perimeter from which they then roll out and bring the entire land into subjection. We have a very historical event taking place right now in Russia. Uh, they didn't send drones over Crimea and begin to do what 
the masters doing from the White House, they knew a, 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 a principle of warfare, and that is that if you want to conquest, bring a land into conquest, put troops on the ground. So they put Russian troops into Crimea, positioned themselves, and I even read in the in the newspaper this morning, they are systematically taking over all military bases in Crimea and establishing that. So here we have uh, this conflict. The Bible warns us that if you and I are angry and we do not deal with that uh, in biblical uh, uh, in biblical terminology and biblical principle, then we furnish the enemy a topos a landing spot from which he intends uh, to move out from that perimeter and bring our entire personality into conquest and we'll examine that as we go along. First uh, Samuel 20 verses 30 and 31. Okay, here's King Saul. He has perceived that David is rising in popularity among the people, uh, and he has also perceived that his son Jonathan has a righteous uh, character and spirit and has a correct relationship with David. And so Saul has a plot. That plot is he's going to take David, kill him. And so he sets up this scheme and David is to be present at a feast that he's preparing. Uh, David uh, understands this. Jonathan understands it. David says, I'm not going to come, but I want to make sure that I'm not read, wrongly reading this. And so I'm not going to go. You tell Saul, that uh, your father, that if I'm not there, that uh, I had another important engagement, and this is why I'm not there. When Saul begins to inquire why David is not there, Jonathan says, well, he had this uh, appointment. He had to take care of this, and Saul is enraged. When he does that, and you read that, Saul's anger was kindled, and that uh, gave an indication that of what his intentions were that revealed his hand and so we have that uh, uh, Saul's anger, anger was kindled. Ephesians 4 verse 31. Okay, here we have this instruction, the direction from biblical uh, terminology that you and I as believers are instructed that this is not to uh, have uh, rain in our lives. We're to deal with this uh, and put it away and uh, it's uh, 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 It's the imagery is there. Proverbs 29, 22 An angry man stirs up strife Okay, so here it lets us understand that anger is contagious When you associate with people who are given to temper fits uh, uh, it often uh, begins to uh, infect you. Not only that, but if you are in a, in a, uh, in a situation with uh, people who are able to stir other people to anger, uh, especially if there's some kind of, uh, you're trying to have a settling dispute or settle some kind of difficulty, 
It's very difficult not to react. Somebody spouts out, begins to shout out because we're emotional people. We can be emotionally triggered to also respond in emotion. If you're a leader, uh, let me give you a little insight. We have to deal with this from time to time. Uh, never try to solve a conflict uh, in a group. You settle it one by one. I can remember uh, here uh, we had uh, we had two Hispanic uh, families. They met me at the altar, and they want me to settle uh, this dispute between the families. And I said to them these words: "I am not going to settle uh, a uh, a uh, dispute between you. My job is not to." Uh, settle a Mexican revolution. Go out that door and don't come back in this church until you've settled your problem. Uh, and this was on Sunday morning. And uh, so I, w I was serious. Yeah, not about to enter into that. And that evening they were all in the service still serving God. And so uh, they worked it out themselves. When you get caught in between a group, as a pastor, you never want to settle in a, in a said you got a conflict, we're going to air this in a, in a group setting. This happens from time to time. Is the people are down. I want a meeting. I want us to meet together in this congregation. I've got some grievances that we're going to settle it. No, uh, not with me. You're not going to. Uh, you can you can you can talk with me if that's not good enough. Then we'll talk to the council, and uh, they can uh, hear your grievance. But you're you're not going to churn your spirit into a group of people and air your com uh, air your complaints uh, so that you can enrage them. They don't know the issues. They don't even know you. So this is why an angry man stirs up strife. So a little insight for you. If you're a leader, if you're going to be a pastor, write that down somewhere because somewhere down the road you're going to need that good advice uh, or they're going to crucify you publicly. Uh, and uh, you remember Pastor Mitchell said, and that'll be true. You can write down your Bible. Jonah 4, 1 through 4. Is it right for you to be angry? Jonah 4, 9. Here's a tremendous insight into human personality. That I'm doing well even if it kills me. And it will. Okay. Uh, so, uh, uh, the Bible gives us then instructions and tells us that we are to and we can control anger. Now, there are people who, they say, I have an Irish temper. They're going to excuse that they're outbursting. That's my Irish temper. Can you say amen? And so, but you see, the Bible says that there is control, and this is what this scripture is all about. So let's just stop right there for a moment, and let's uh, see if we got some input or some insight or some confessions. Wayne Cook. It is difficult to control anger in any situation. What I have tried to do is 
or you or other factors who said about acting on feelings. We resisted that as much as I can resist it. And also realize what I'm tired of fatigue is an issue for me. Then acting on feelings as an impulse becomes very easy to do. If I realize those two dynamics and suppress the anger, it really helps. So avoid any kind of conflict when you're exhausted, right? Okay. Okay, so here's a little child. He's very angry that he's not getting his way. <clears throat> he's tired, too. Uh, Betty Bronson. Um, as, a, as a new parent, I, I took part in the understanding of the swap generation. And was encouraged by parents to do the swap thing. This is no spanking, distract the child from any upset. Uh, if they are angry and throw up in the floor, you just walk away and, and just pretend it's not happening. So that's the way that we did with our first child. Dr. Spock theology, yeah. Well, we were not saved, and uh, Bill wanted to count him into the floor. <laughs> I know the feeling. Bible has lots of things to say about controlling children. I don't want to let this degenerate into a child uh, counseling session, uh, but that's very true. And this is one of the, the great curses of our generation is the laws that have been uh, put into place and enforced that you cannot discipline children properly. So you have to be tactful about doing this is uh, don't leave any marks. <laughs> and do it out of sight of, uh, of the generation, the younger generation who have bitten into that error. 
because they'll turn you into the authorities. So uh, you can say, Pastor Mitchell said that, and it'll be true. Okay, let's don't go astray on that if we could. How about dealing personally with your problem? Michael Ramirez, real loud for me. cast him out right here before we... <laughs> uh, okay, I could hardly hear all that you said, but I got the gist of it. So, uh, numbers of things will, uh, will produce uh, anger. Uh, we've already talked about frustrated self-will against the will of God. We read about Cain, is that correct? Uh, we have uh, already detailed uh, that uh, in uh, ambition uh, and Saul, threat to your own personality. So numbers of things can bring that to pass. Uh, in counseling, we often, uh, without going into a, a therapy session here, uh, when people come to me with various problems, that I have these feelings of emotion, and you're trying to help them, uh, if they come from a broken home, uh, this uh, this causes danger. You know, we're in a generation that uh, that uh, that uh, uh, easy divorce is uh, that. And, just, and, and if you uh, from a broken relationship, don't think I'm attacking you or feel guilty. The devil will make you feel guilty, and your peers will make you feel guilty enough about that without me doing that. But children of a broken home always feel that they're the ones that cause this. One of the first questions I ask them, are you from a broken home? Uh, yes, I am. So then you're going to have to deal with rejection because they feel that the parents uh, have rejected them because of this. Uh, added to that, uh, people in this generation, one of the major difficulties is pornography. Anyone who's into pornography, a man who's into pornography, who has uh, temper outbursts, uh, uh, this is one of the is one of the emblems or one of the symptoms of that, uh, because its self has been gratified and given reign and dominion, and so that's one of the symptoms of that. Uh, people who have been uh, uh, been betrayed uh, and have not been able to deal with that or reconcile that, it's like when you're talking with them. Uh, and you just mentioned that, it's like pushing a button. It may have been 20 years before, but you push it up, up it comes. Uh, and they just put a new face on it and start sick of that. So these are some of that. So I'm not sure uh, 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 resentment against uh, parents, against uh, resentment against your, uh, your raising. Uh, in our generation can be resentment against the government. Uh, we have people that, if you read the news, if you read any kind of literature, the next thing you know, you know that Obama's the Antichrist, he's been inspired from hell, it's all a plot from Russia, I mean, it just, uh, the conspiracies never end. 
the black helicopters are coming uh, before I'm finished here, haul me off to a concentration camp. I've read all the books that you've read. I know all that you're talking about. I made up my mind a long time ago. When the black helicopters come to get me, I'm going to still be preaching Jesus. That's what I'm called to do. So all of these things can feed into that. Uh, an abuse as a child uh, can uh, feed into that. Being sexually molested as a child. All of these. So without going into the therapy session this morning, uh, these can, uh, can feed into that. And so, but here's the good news. As somebody told me at the breakfast table, uh, the good news is that these are all sins. And sin can be gained the victory over and given and been, and been forgiven. So that's the good news. And the other good news is uh, that we don't like is that we can gain control over that. That's what we're talking about, conquering our demon. Good question, Michael. I didn't hear all that you said, but I hope I touched on enough to give you an answer. It's Dave Burke. Can the righteous indignation and righteous anger about the situation or someone, but is that still not just anger that needs to be dealt with? Yeah, we're, we're going to cover that in just a second. So we're, there, is, uh, uh, there is righteous indignation, and even God gets angry. Okay, let's move ahead. So before we go straight, we've got to move through the. And so I want uh, James 1.20. Uh, get that for me, Brian. I want Proverbs 15.18, Tom. I want uh, Psalms 2, 4, and 5, Woody. Psalms chapter 2, 4, and 5. Psalms 95, 10, and 11 is Justin. Psalms 103, verse 8 is Jordan. So let's move through those. And so uh, we're going to talk about control. That's what James 1.20 says. What? The wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Okay, here's a warning and admonition, because if we're wanting to live righteously, uh, the wrath of man does not produce that. No way, shape, or form. Proverbs 15, verse 18. A wrathful man stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger allies uh, allies contention. A piece of strife, my translation says. What translation are you using? Okay. So it's Leviticus 1917. Okay. So the danger of anger is it makes man lose himself and his reason. And this is why the author that I led in called this a short madness and how many have ever seen a legal defense of somebody that killed somebody said it's temporary insanity right into the legal profession okay some anger is justified david here we're going to get to this psalms 2 verses 4 and 5. he that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh the lord shall have them in derision then he shall speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure okay this is the anger of the lord psalms 95 10 11. In Psalm 103, verse 8. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. Okay, then I want some more scriptures in this section. Mark chapter 3, verse 4 and 5, Jacob, Matthew 21, 12 and 13, Steve Hernandez. I want to get those. So uh, as we uh, as we begin to examine this, then 
we're, we're, we're dealing with anger. All of us have the ability to be angry. If you do not have the anger or ability to be angry, I question whether you're a normal human being. So I've had, I've had, uh, uh, I've had parents say to me, well, we're, you know, we just, we never, we never have to correct our children. We just talk to them. Well, God bless you. Uh, you're not normal and your children are not normal uh, they're brain dead because this is a uh, a, a most common manifestation that, and uh, even Jesus gets angry mark 3 4 and 5 he said unto them is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath day or to do evil to save life or to kill if they held their peace and when he had looked around about on them with anger, being grieved for the hardness of their hearts, he said unto the man, Stretch forth thy hand. And he stretched it out, and his hand was restored whole as the other. Okay, Jesus is very angered at these who are in obvious violation of what's righteous and what would be, and what would just be a, a, a ethical uh, healing the sick. They're using religious. Uh, excuse to not have the people heal and he's uh, outraged at this matthew 21 12 and 13. then jesus went into the temple of god and drove out all those who brought the soul in the temple overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold up and he said to them it is written my house shall be called a house of prayer but you have made it a of and I wonder what he would say to the prosperity preachers today if he was in their services. So here we have it. So here's some quotes that I want to get before we move on. These are the ancients that made these quotes. A person is praised who is angry for the right reasons, with the right persons, and also in the right way, at the right time, and for the right length of time. Then another, uh, we quoted, let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Here's the Catholics. Anger against sin is a holy zeal. Uh, the iconoclasts, these are the people who were outraged at the idolatry uh, and began to destroy idols and so on uh, in, uh, in uh, the Greek Orthodox and in the Eastern uh, history. And then we have the, uh, the Taliban's and the Buddha statues of Bamiyan uh, in Afghanistan. Uh, we have the, the, that outrage that was there against idolatry. However, uh, 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 this, this is, is out, of, out of control and, and angered the world. Here's another quote. There was, never was an angry man that his anger was unjust. And so uh, this, is a, 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 this is a theology. Okay, we want to uh, get some more scriptures. I want 1 Samuel 25, 37, 38 is Devon. And I want uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 3 and 4 is Casey. I want Colossians 3, 13 is uh, Dennis. And I want Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Somebody over here. Who is it? Uh, McCarty. Okay. So let me work through those as we move through. So the, uh, the, uh, these, the uh, text of our, uh, of our uh, lessons one is extinguishing anger. Anger is like uh, flames that ignite, that begin to catch other. And so it gives a good word to this uh, extinguishing. I have an article somewhere about uh, Japan. In Japan, uh, in their factories, they are so uh, they are so uh, 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 
pressed and so motivated that many times the uh, workers are, are, are very stressed. And so they have uh, what they call rage rooms. And uh, these rage rooms have an effigy, straw effigy of their boss. And when they can't handle it anymore, they go in there with a bamboo pole, beat these effigies of their boss and, and vent their anger. So this is a means of removing, of leaving stress. The difficulty is that we're creatures of habit. And when you begin to give a, a vent to anger, and you establish that habit of activity, it begins to form a, uh, a practice that our brain has, our brain has a groove. And uh, in that groove, uh, it begins to form a habit. So when you begin to give expression to that, just as Betty Bronson said this morning, this young man said, uh, because I want to do this. Well, if you allow children to, uh, to be raised with their own will, expressed and indulged, uh, uh, you're very likely raising prison material. Because uh, the sinful heart must be curbed. And the reason that uh, people don't grow on trees is that they're born out of family, is that the family is to, is to furnish uh, a restraining influence to bring character into check. Uh, and that's done within the framework of family. If that's not done, then society excel, itself will bring it in, into, into, uh, into that. If a, if a uh, young man, for instance, is raised, and uh, he gives vent to his temper and he goes on to a job, he can't hold a job because he soon becomes frustrated at someone on the job or he's not getting enough money or he's being a schedule. And so he'll lose that job, he'll get fired. And so if this is repeating anger over and over again, uh, we, could, we could play that on into marriage. Uh, marriage uh, it, marriage uh, is, a, is a wonderful place where uh, people uh, are to civilize children, and uh, and they're also to civilize each other. And uh, uh, what is one of the one of the things that I've mentioned in in preaching is that one of the one of the words that, words that must be learned uh, in uh, in marriage is that uh, you're you're not to give you're not to give vent to that. You're not to allow that to. Uh, uh, express itself, and uh, and uh, 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 one of the one of the major things of marriage, the words you need to learn that I preach is shut up. So when you get in a conflict, shut up and, and take a walk, do something, but don't uh, because uh, when you begin to speak self-justification, you get a retaliation, and that's retaliated. It's after next thing you know, you got a major brew coming. Amen. And so one of the words of marriage is shut up and let things cool off. And Ike says, that's not the right word. The right word uh, is yes, dear. So, <laughs> <clears throat> so we can work that through our theology, but, uh, but it's important that we, uh, that we begin to understand that. So uh, the delayed acts, uh, positive anger control. Let me give you this, count to 10. That's an age old remedy that's there. Uh, and uh, uh, but the scripture gives us uh, a character control love and tolerance and understanding first Corinthians 13 3 and 4 
why I do all my good to the poor, and why give my body to the earth, and have not love promised to Love suffers long and kind, does not envy, not great as thou, but not outside. Okay, here's a, a, a mouthful of uh, advice because this is giving something that we can do, uh, but that, uh, that demands an exercise of, uh, of self-control and uh, uh, taking no account of a suffered wrong and uh, forgiving one another. Uh, uh, Colossians 3:13. Bearing with one another and forgiving one another, if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. Okay, then anger is self-injurious. You need to understand that uh, it's a, a loss of temper. It has deleterious effects uh, on our health, our econom economic well-being, on our most significant human relations. And, uh, and uh, this must be uh, fitted in with your understanding. Uh, here's a quote. Some, through too much passion, have burnt their veins, and sickly persons have fallen back into sickness. One of the most common things I do in praying for the sick is that if uh, they don't get healed when I, uh, when I pray for them, ask them, if I ask you who upsets you, who'd come to your mind, and very frequently uh, they say my father or some relationship or somebody at work and when they uh, Speak I'm willing to forgive that person then instant healing comes because of that then we have the ancient uh, uh, the ancient history of Naboth uh, not Naboth um, uh, The farmer David Who Nabal Nabal and so uh, 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 his wife reacts to a righteous uh, giving of gifts to David and his men. Uh, he's a drunken sot, uh, so she don't tell him when uh, when he uh, is stoned out of his gourd that night. Next morning, she tells him, uh, and the Bible gives an interesting statement. It says that Nabal's heart died within him, and very evidently, he had a temper fit because of that. And temper fits often lead to strokes. That's what's described uh, in that. Uh, uh, that is there. So our uh, solution is cultivation of the fruit of the spirit. Galatians 5, 22 through 23. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Self so here's the fruit of the spirit. This is why uh, the brother said it's a sin, uh, it can be forgiven, but not only it can be overcome. And so that's why the ancients, uh, 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 the ancients labeled this uh, conquering our demons. Okay, we've got time now for confession. So uh, let's have uh, some state. Casey's going to confess first. Uh, the
happens all the time everywhere, and this is why it's it's uh, it, it's given it's given such steady and such uh, emphasis is because it's a disconnecting of reason, right? It's a disconnecting of uh, of uh, your own best interest. It's a disconnecting of what other people are going to be infected, and it's a self manifestation and it's a an expression of the lower base or fallen nature which is the flesh good uh, comment uh, yes well, Here's a personal testimony. She had a circumstance. She was right, right. But but uh, but the difficulty is that many times in life uh, this can't be settled overnight. And so this is why the Bible says, "Be angry and do not sin." But she suffered sickness, and God spoke to her and said, "This is reason is because you gave in to that uh, anger." Okay, somebody else. It's a twister. Story that I use all the time. Okay, here's here's a here's a cowboy uh, setting. Okay, twister. When I wrote my first poetry, I was about twelve years old, and I really didn't have anybody to show me what to do. I just kind of picked up a few things through the years. But anyway, what would happen is I would be out there gathering cows with these horses that were unbroken, and I'd get mad. I mean, really mad. And I'd go to spurring and whipping and trying to do more than they were able to do. Well, it wasn't very long. I figured out I'm just wrecking these horses. So what I would do is I'd just get off and sit on a rock, let the cows go, and cool off. The horses would cool off. And so saying that, when that starts happening down to where we are right now with somebody, I'll share that story. And more than once, People will back off and, and do some similar thing. It's just kind of a deal where, you know, a deal with livestock and horses will bring the worst out in most people. Particularly when you try to put shoes on one that doesn't want to let you shoot, they're going to make you mad. So the best thing to do is walk away. Well, I, apply, I try to apply that with men too. And men, wherever we have them. If I start getting mad, now I'm not successful every time, but I try to be. <laughs> if I start getting mad, or they start getting mad, just get away and let everything cool off and then deal with it, like you said, privately somehow. And usually it can be resolved without <coughs> killing each other. And so, anyway, the whole point is you can control it. I have a neighbor who's terrible about hollering me. And, you know, we tried to work together. I absolutely couldn't work for him. I mean, any little thing. So one day, I, 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 th I thought it was justified, of course. 
I got right in his face and we kind of had something to say to each other. That's been probably 15, maybe 18 years ago. He has never written me a voice again. So now I use that story too. Look, this guy did this all his life. That's no, why nobody can work for him. But he knew that I was the last resort. There was nobody else going to work for him. And so when it cost him enough, he controls his enemies. He has never raised his voice again in 18, 20 years, whatever it is. So this is what Leviticus 19 says, that you rebuke your neighbor. Okay, as, as Twister's learning to be a pastor here, is it? <laughs> Okay, uh, God bless you. We'll continue this next week. <clears throat>